Alright Winnipeg Jets fans, welcome back to the Jet-Centric Podcast, episode 139, the finale. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I think I might not make it through the episode, so we're calling it the finale. Um, no, that's not the real reason. Uh, this could very well be the last episode of Jet-Centric. I'm not going to uh, completely close the door on things, but um, we had... Uh, some unexpected news this morning um, with it wasn't really this morning I guess it was uh, yesterday or the day before afternoon when our uh, our queen and our leader Liss uh, decided she was moving on to bigger and better things and uh, another very important contributor uh, Brady they're starting uh, their their own podcast um, so that takes away a couple uh, really important members from our group and uh, we're in a situation where um, we don't have um, the administration power that we want. Uh, I've been using that term while we've been talking about it. Um, somebody to kind of herd the cats and uh, get episodes out, set up interviews and stuff. Um, most of the people that are left are the uh, opinion type, <laughs> not necessarily the uh, the. Uh, the administration or the management type and uh, we think right now uh, that this is a better time to uh, maybe shut it down maybe we reincarnate like we have before um, and we'll talk about that as we go on but that's kind of where we stand right now um, we can do our crying and our thank yous and our goodbyes uh, later on <laughs> but that's kind of where we are uh, Brian if you wanted to wanted to touch on that the uh, floor is yours yeah, um, it's, uh, I guess it was a little unexpected uh, the last few days, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm thankful for my time uh, here with Jetcentric. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking to you guys and with you guys, and I'll still be around on Twitter and stuff, so, uh, so that's good. Um, and like Chris said, maybe the door's not completely shut. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Like the the first time I came on here, it was like, oh, cool, they uh, they want me on a podcast. That's pretty awesome. And uh, since then, it's uh, it's been a ride. Um, so I'll still be around on Twitter and stuff. Uh, there's a potential I might do a couple extra projects or something like that. Maybe uh, maybe get into some more uh, analytics. Um, for the nerd types out there, I'm uh, I'm starting to learn how to use uh, how to use R and do some coding. So uh, so maybe some analytics stuff is uh, is in the future for me. But ultimately, I'm uh, I'm really happy about my time uh, on the pod here. So uh, yeah, I guess that's my uh, that's my speech to you guys. <laughs> I uh, I'd say we. Uh of what the longest serving member of the podcast in myself and then probably i think our newest member with jackson being here mm -hmm. um, i should have actually introduced you guys first but that's who we have we have uh, brian and jackson <laughs> um i i just dove right into it but uh, jackson's here and i know uh this won't be a huge departure for him because he's lighting it up over on youtube uh so if if you wanted to uh, if you wanted to talk about that right now and you know your involvement i know you've been uh, kind of an un unsung hero the last you know year or so behind the scenes for sure with the podcast uh, helping editing and publishing and stuff like that so we appreciate that for me uh yeah but uh i don't know it, obviously you haven't been around as as long as uh everybody else here uh not nearly as long as uh you guys but uh i don't know same thing that brian kind of said it just got asked to be on the pod and uh i don't know it was pretty neat people wanted to have me on and express my opinion and since then i think it's gotten me a lot more comfortable with talking i think it's uh been able to help me with the youtube and stuff like that uh because before i was very uncomfortable with it so i think this helped me big time uh i am gonna miss it though for sure um yeah i don't know it's just a little bit unexpected but that's that's that i guess um but um excited for what's next anyway and uh if you guys want to go find me on twitter you can go f and uh go on youtube uh jets hub i'll be having a lot more stuff coming out um this season because the season's right around the corner now 
And yeah, I just want to thanks guys for uh, I don't know having me on for the last I guess year or so now. Yeah, well, again, we've appreciated both of you. I um, we were talking before we started recording that um, there's been uh, by my calculations three iterations of this podcast. It started with the Joe Blow uh, show, which was Roddy and Sad Sack, uh, Kyle Flat, and uh, when they. Uh, they kind of morphed into the um, Arctic Ice uh, Fans podcast, which was with Alan and, um, oh, I'm going to lose. I, I knew this was going to happen. And a couple other guys um, took it over and did really well with that, Brian. And um, and then uh, they wanted to, to kind of exit out, and AJ and I kind of took over. And... Um, then when AJ left, uh, to be honest, I figured that would be the end of it. Um, AJ did so much of the work, and I was really trying to get him to stay. Um, and then he had the, the bright idea to bring Liss on. And when we brought Liss on, uh, she really, like I said earlier, took control. But the other idea we had, which didn't really play out the way I had hoped, was to have uh, more like a rotating crew, more like a 10 to 15 people. Um, so that it wasn't so much work for anybody, and um, um, and it didn't really turn out that way. We had a couple of people. We had Ryan and Kishore uh, take a lot of charge behind the scenes with editing and posting early, um, and of course the same kind of group um, doing shows. And then as we moved on, uh, a couple of people left, and it just became too much work for Liz, who's so busy, and. Um, with some of the uh, struggles I have, to be honest, I can't pick up that slack. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Um, mentally, um, you know, despite the huge amount of money we make doing this, it just couldn't, uh, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't make the, the commitment the way I would want to. But uh, We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Uh, I think we caused uh, uh, a lot of controversy, sort of. Uh, and I think people that came to see us uh, you know, as as far, I mean, you know, subscribe, listen on a regular basis. Um, they knew what they were getting, right? We've always said we're for fans, by fans. And um, that's our thing. Um, so you're going to hear the negative stuff and you're going to hear the things that maybe, you know, the Jets don't want you to hear or some other people don't want you to hear. But that's what we, we really pride ourselves on. Um, so I hope that. I know also a friend of the show, Nick, uh, is starting some sort of um, branding and uh, probably a podcast as well as um, Listen Brady. So I think they're going to fill in the market. I don't know what the style is going to be, if they're going to be as uh, judgy as us, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine it's it's tough not to be of this team. So. Nick's got a very level head. I think he'll. I think he'll do a great job with whatever he's doing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think and, and uh, same with Listen Brady. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> definitely more level headed than than um, <laughs> than us, a couple of us anyway. Uh, and but I think you know, as we've talked about defending ourselves and defending our product for years now, that's it's also needed. It's also needed to have the other side of things. Um, so. I've talked now for a bit, so maybe let's have a quick, um, it doesn't have to be quick, it can be whatever. Um, what do you guys feel, um, Jackson, I'll start with you, what do you guys feel about what you've seen so far through training camp? And it's the far too early expectation for the season. We're going to do a little bit of an episode here, and we'll, we'll go back to uh, to some of our other stuff at the end, but uh, what, do you, what what's your feel? How, do, how are you feeling about things? Um, I mean, I, I like what Rick Bonus is doing. I like I like what he's done so far anyway. I haven't hated the line combinations. I haven't hated, um, I don't know. I haven't really hated what's been going on. But I don't know how much confidence I really have in this team. I don't know if they have enough of the, again, the middle six to support them if injuries come up, which they will, obviously. And I don't know if they have the amount of offense that they need to go even make the playoffs, really. I know everybody's being 
pretty optimistic about it and whatever else. If Morgan Barron turns into a 40-point guy and covers cop spot, that's great, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't think that he's going to do that. I think there's just too many ifs for this team to succeed. Like if Appleton turns back into the 2019-2020 Appleton, if the defense fixes itself, I I just think there's too many ifs that won't go our way for them to go where they think they're going to go. Yeah, I don't know if much has changed for me in terms of the outlook, like coming into training camp. Honestly, almost everything I've seen is to be expected. Um, Obviously, uh, Daniel Torgerson's been a nice surprise. I didn't think he would... uh, I didn't think he'd be pushing this early and looking, you know, that good. I mean, on top of the goals, he's just been in the right positions all the time and moves the puck to the right spot. And I I really like him. And I definitely think there's a spot for him with the Jets in the future. I don't know if that's this year. Um, But anyway, I digress. Besides that... um, I don't know if anybody's really stood out to me in a way that's like, oh, wow, he's doing way more than I expected him to do. Like, um, like Saku Manalainen's had a good camp. I think there's a chance he pushes for a fourth-line spot. Obviously, there's no guarantee of that. Um, but otherwise... It's been pretty much exactly what I expected. I didn't think... Um, I really wanted one of Hanala or Sandberg to really grab a chokehold of that 6D spot last night. I And I know despite the goal, I don't know if Hanala really did that. He Neither player was very good in the first half of that game. The back half of that game, I think Hanala shined a little bit more, but... Um, either way, I, I think I would want to see a more complete game from from either one of them before before handing them the 6D spot. I thought Chisholm actually had the best mm-hmm. complete game out of any of them, if I'm being honest, um, for the one game they've each played. And we're talking about like two preseason games here. I haven't been at training camp. I've been, obviously, I'm busy. I'm in school and stuff, so I don't really have much time to to go down there. Um, so really I'm only talking from two preseason games. There's lots of time left. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I don't have a terribly optimistic view coming into the season. Unfortunately, um, I've liked what I've seen from the coaching staff so far, but the roster I think is not going to be good enough to, to get us into the playoffs. I also don't think it's going to be bad enough to get us into that top five pick conversation either, which unfortunately that's not a spot you want to be, right? Um, yeah, all I'm looking for really is uh, is growth from the youth and um, ultimately somebody to take a chokehold of that 6D spot because I don't want a full year of Stanley again in that spot. <laughs> Who does? Well, other than one person. Um, <laughs> um, this, it's funny because you, you, you're on Twitter, you're, you're reading the, the, the pros, the professional writers, and, and your friends and your acquaintances and all that, and um, everybody seems a little more optimistic. Um, but then you take a step back and you realize, Every year at this week, you feel optimistic because everybody's <laughs> tires are getting pumped. Everybody's writing an article about how this is so-and-so's year. And like we've been saying the last couple episodes, if, 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 and you don't expect the ifs to be no's, um, right? Because you're, it's all meshing into this, no, 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 this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we forget that this is the exact same team minus, again, um, you know, Stastny and Cop, as as it was last year, and they were they were brutal last year. Um, that said, um, you know, can the having the defense jump up add some more goal scoring? This is where um, a lot of people feel more optimistic, and a lot of people 
<laughs> maybe take a step back and go, well, that seems unlikely. Um, so it, it's a tough for me to to think that there's going to be a huge jump, especially because it's Rick Bonus. Um, he mm-hmm. does a lot of things good, as as we know, but it's he's still he's still Rick Bonus. He's not John Cooper or uh, you know Bruce or or something like that. Um, yeah, he's not an offensive coach. Yeah, and he's not. Uh, you know, yeah, they had that good run in Dallas the one year, um, but he's not an elite coach, and so. You know, even an average coach, we've seen what an average, and we can be honest, we've seen what an average coach has done here for the last eight. Uh, when he had a stacked roster, that was fine. <laughs> Every other year, it was really disappointing. So I don't see that it's, that it's you know, that much of a of a change. I, I really don't. Do you, do you think bonuses, you don't think bonuses like an upgrade on Maurice or anything like that? I can't say I know enough to, to have an expert opinion. I think Fair they're, enough. they're both average coaches, right? So if they're both in the, you know, 10 to, to 20 in the league. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> I, I don't think there's I much was, to give or take, right? I always thought of Maurice as below average, but that's fair if you think he's average i mean i think that's I... what people think i don't necessarily oh, okay. think that i think uh that's would be what people would say is that he's an average coach he's a 500 record he's you know Got he gets it. his teams kind of there whatever whatever i think he underachieves with the rosters he has but i think mm-hmm. kind of the the feeling is he's an average coach and uh, yeah i don't think rick bonus is any any further ahead or behind than that I don't, I don't know that for sure, but yeah, I will say one thing. I think the assistant group with this, uh, with this jets team, the assistant coaches, I think we got a big upgrade on what we've had in the past. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, as long as they well, don't do look start? like the, as long as they don't Sorry. look like the eighties Oilers out there, right. With, with <laughs> Huddy running that deep. So. Charlie Huddy defense. Yeah. I don't know. I like, the, I like their hires. Um, is it is it Eric or Brad Lauer? I always screw it up because there's a Brad. Brad, okay, because there's a pitcher Brad. named Eric Lauer that plays for the Brewers, and I always get them confused. But um, <laughs> I went on, I went on a sip, yeah, well, I went I went on a separate podcast, and I called him uh, Eric Lauer the whole time, and then realized after that that's what that was. But no, I I really like um, what I don't know, just that it's not true Norse guys for the most part like I know Scott Arneal definitely is but him and Bonus are that package but I really like what they've done uh, I'm happy they didn't just like call up even though I don't think it would be the worst thing ever just call up the Moose coaches and just call it a day and just like what you guys were talking last uh, last week like a, a half measure but uh, I don't know I'm I like the coaching and I like kind of what they're doing but I don't I think stuff's got to still get some, get fleshed out, and I'm not going to make like a big prediction based off of two preseason games where I think it was uh, a big mess for the most part. But uh, we'll yeah. see, kind of what goes on, and like, and just what you're talking about, Brian with Hainla and um, Sambert trying to grab that sixth spot. I I agree. I don't think either of them played that well, uh, but I don't think that you can slide Logan Stanley in there after game one either because that was something else yeah i don't think he's gonna make it by any means this year but i would if i were in the jets coaching staff i would keep an eye on declan chisholm Mm -hmm. i thought he had a really nice first game um i was also gonna mention um a lot of people like you said uh chris will point to okay, the Jets have never had a good coaching staff, so why can't they have the big bounce back with a new coaching staff? I think, um, I do think coaching matters. I think it really does. I, the Jets finished eight points out of a playoff spot last year, though, and I don't think they were horribly an unlucky team. I think they got pretty much what they deserved. Um, I don't think, I don't think a coaching staff is going to account for both losing Stastny and Cop, mm-hmm. and then 
get all those additional points in the standings. I just don't think I just don't think that's the case. That's um, a lot of coaching. That's that would take a very elite coaching staff in my opinion. Um and like I have confidence bonus can be a solid coach, but he's been around a long time and like you said, I don't think he's that elite coach. So Yeah, I mean I, even if he gets them five five more wins, which seems crazy. That you just, also have to account for the loss of Cop right. and Stastny too. So if they got you know, if they combine for three or four wins, I don't know what the number is. I mean, you're still pretty pretty close there. Yeah, That's... I personally if you're talking whether I think this team's gonna make the playoffs or not, I think it's possible, but I don't think I, I don't personally see them being a contender. I don't I don't think the depth is nearly good enough for that. To me, this looks like the Oilers. If you replaced, uh, if you replaced Shaif, or sorry, if you replaced McDavid and Drysaitel with Shifley and Dubois, that's kind of what this team looks like to me. Do um, uh, kind of lost my train of thought there. Do, do you think that this is the sort of team? Maybe this is what I'm thinking right now that has a couple of runs in them. Um, you know, has sort of like, uh, you know, 12, three and one streak and then, and then an average streak. Like if, if you get that, and I know there's a lot of discussion about it on Twitter yesterday. If you get that top six going, I mean, that's a pretty dangerous top six. Um, if, if they all start firing at the same time, you could, you, the team can get hot rather than what we know is more than likely to happen is the Lowry Appleton. Uh, Parkins third line blah 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 and Lowry scores three goals this year again right um, if you have that that those times when, when they kind of go, go on a heater that that may be something different uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here other than that I sometimes I think with this forward group that they could get going and I don't think they have the last couple of years and if they get popping five a game you know, for a stretch, then all of a sudden you make up some of that those wins as well. I again, I being maybe unnecessarily optimistic about a team. You're saying the lines you know. getting hot kind of at the same time, yeah, sort of thing. Kind of just shit kick for a couple of weeks, right? And you it's... know, win seven or eight out of nine, and 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 that sort of thing a couple of times throughout the year. And yeah, that's what it would take to get on those kind of streaks, and that's that's more just a matter of luck, because. Yeah. Like, people talk about it all the time. Like, oh, we'll just wait till this line and this <laughs> line are clicking. It's like, well, they are. The lines are what they are. They'll they'll fluctuate based on their based on their shooting percentages and stuff like that. That's you know highly variable in in small samples. So, I mean, you can get. Yeah, you can get them all getting hot at the same time, and that's probably going to result in a lot of wins in that short time frame. But that's not a sustainable way of winning. Like I was, like I was saying, and a lot of people will, a lot of people will look at it and say, "Oh, well, look how good they were for this stretch. We just need them to get back to that." Well, a lot of times, that's just getting all the bounces, and. There's a way of measuring whether you're like whether you're whether you're scoring above, right. you know what you're expected to score. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but it's that makes sense. You you are going to need some depth if you want. Like the Jets are going to need some depth if they want to be kind of get to that level of consistency where they're you know winning three out of every five games even i i don't know maybe my, that's a lofty number but my worry for this team is if a guy like ehlers gets hurt and is out a month who who comes in and replaces him like is absolutely throw, who are you gonna throw appleton into the top six 
you're a top six. You're a top six injury away from throwing, like you said, a season uh, being over. Yeah, you're you're top six injury away from throwing a Morgan Barron or a Mason Appleton or a Sam Gagne in the top six, and I I don't mind any of those guys based on what I've seen, but I don't think I don't think Barron or Appleton are top six forwards, and um, Sam Gagne at this point in his career probably isn't a top six forward anymore. So, so that kind of go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, your depth is extremely thin. You don't have enough guys who can score and slot into that top six, in my opinion. And then you've also got the question of Wheeler, too. Is This is all assuming you get a bounce back from Wheeler. So, yeah. I mean, he was pretty good the last, what, 25 games or something of last year. Um, so... We can hope for that. Um, it brought me to my next question. All that conversation is um, either one of you can jump in here. What do you see for the bottom six and who are the guys? And, you know, we've talked, we talked about it for years with Paul Maurice about how you can kind of force a, t- a top nine just simply by, you know, doing two, two and two, um, you know, dropping Adam Lowry down to that fourth line center where he probably belongs even with maybe the limited depth they have. Either way, what do you guys uh, see for that bottom six? And so we know there's a lack of filling in if there's injuries up top, but what happens on the bottom? And do we get more than a GST line out of our fourth line? You know, uh, taking it back to the <laughs> to the to season one. The the one yeah. thing that I th- sorry uh, the one thing that I think we have a surplus of is a lot of fourth line players that we've come to see here in the preseason. Saku, awesome. Madelainen. If, if he's able to keep that up, I think, hey, he's he's pretty solid. Tonanato's a guy. But I think if you have Gustafson playing, if he can stay healthy on the fourth line center, and then you have Gagne, and then you take your pick of Harkins, Madelainen, Tonanato, whoever you want to toss in there, I don't think it's the worst fourth line ever. It's not Nate Thompson, Trevor Lewis, and like Shaw, I think, Logan Shaw. So it's better than that for sure. But uh, I don't know, just they don't seem to have that that third line role. I don't think Adam Lowry should be the 3C, but he's going to be like Radic Fox uh, um, with Rick Bonus. And then I think on the wing, you've either got one of Harkins or Barron, whoever mm-hmm. comes out of camp with that, and probably Appleton. Three years at 2.1, 2.1 somewhere in there uh they're probably banking on him to be a third liner again so hopefully it happens but i i don't know how i feel about the bottom six it could be really good if everything works out but if it doesn't it could be uh completely invisible does a moose sorry brian does a moose fourth line that gets some minutes are they able to produce like a gustafson esamont you know uh like that sort of group if they can play more than four minutes a game maybe i don't know because we haven't seen that in eight years right we haven't seen a fourth line get any minutes yeah so the fourth lines we've had the last number of years in my opinion have been pretty much total crap um even last year with the harkins and tony Nato together i i didn't like that at all um i just don't think harkins like Harkins was bad last year, but at the same time, I don't think he's the type of player to put on a checking line. If he's going to be... And I don't... Here's the thing with Harkins. I don't think he's... He's not good enough to play in your top six, but he's inept in a checking line. If you have a scoring line in one of your bottom two lines, I think maybe he could fit onto that line. I'm not entirely sure. That's kind of the role he played. um, I think it was in... Was it 1920 or 2021? I cannot remember at this point, but um, oh, it had to have been 1920 because um, he played he played a little bit with Roslovic and Appleton, and they actually weren't too bad altogether. And now I think that was a third line, 
And I think at that point we were all jumping the gun on Harkins a little bit and saying, oh, mm, this guy mm, looks like he'd be a top nine player, whatever. But um, last year he just wasn't all that good at all, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, um, where I was going to go with that was I think at center you've I think center is completely locked in. Shifley, uh, Dubois, Lowry, and Gustafson. One, two, three, four. I think your right wing is locked in. Ehlers, Wheeler, Appleton, Gagne. I think you have two spots up for grabs on the left side. First, like you have, I think you have Perfetti and Connor locked in one and two. And I think there's two spots that are being vied for by four guys and that's uh Jensen Harkins, Dominic Toninato, uh Saku Menelainen and Morgan Barron. So I think those two spots I think you leave your biggest upside if um if Morgan Barron wins one of those spots and I've liked what I've seen from Menelainen so far, so I I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind seeing him get a fourth line spot. I think him, Gustafson, and Gagne might not be too bad, potentially. Um, I don't think Torgerson's in the mix for that spot just yet. I think he's pretty well penciled into a moose spot. Um, but who knows if if he continues scoring two goals a game through the preseason? Maybe he does. He gives them no choice but to give them a look. I'm I'm not too sure. I definitely didn't really have have him on my radar coming into camp. Um, He's a yeah. That's that's kind of how I view the lineup. Is the forward lineup is those two left wing spots could be up for grabs. Yeah, that sounds right. Is he? What's uh, his story? He's our second round pick a couple of years ago. Is that right? Twenty. Yeah, twenty. Second. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's ready, I mean, he's ready. Like this is, you know, uh, you know, three years and a second rounder. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is your time to to get in the lineup on a league man or whatever he's making and uh, make some hay. Uh, doesn't yeah. mean that's going to happen, but this would be a it wouldn't be surprising, like you said, if he has a good rest of the camp because that's what you hope from your guys, right? That's about the right mm-hmm. math anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I um, – oh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Um, he had an interesting year in Europe last year. Like, he didn't score a lot. He was – I think he was well under – I think he was under half a point per game. Um and I think he was in the second tier league in Finland, if I recall correctly. But um, when he was on the ice, his team vastly outperformed the other team versus when he was off the ice. That's a bit. That's a big thing. I think even more so than scoring, especially with a player type like that. Um, you also wonder if the North American game trends or if he if his game translates to North America a little better, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, yeah, I, I, I've really liked what I've seen from him, so we'll see. Yeah, points in Finland don't really matter, right? They, it's such a low-scoring league. It's never been a thing. But you always, I always find it funny when you're like, oh, this is our number one pick or our number two pick or something, and he played in the – and he had three goals and two assists and 17 games, and you're like, shit, and then they come – two years later and they're you know they can score and stuff so it's not always the best judge but those uh those uh other stats are what's important like you're saying brian and that's the uh conversation we had last week about uh why the jets haven't made a bigger push for uh jesse paul bully rb and his <laughs> underlining uh underlying numbers uh you know so uh, that's going to be a constant uh head scratcher There'll be a constant head scratcher um, because we can talk about the D because we're we have too many no matter which way you slice it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't think, you know, player A and B and C are ready, player D has already played in that sixth spot, right? Um, not that we want him there, um, 
but he's already played there. So you know in your organizational uh, depth chart or whatever, you have three or four extra guys right now. Um, yeah, and so maybe Chisholm's not ready. Okay, fine. Um, you know, but you've got this logjam. They've kind of made it clear they're not going to do anything about it. Even if something crazy were to happen, like they wave Logan Stanley, which was tossed around a couple of days ago. I don't see that happening. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be, it would be really funny. I wouldn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, for the Twitter reactions. Yeah, a lot of fun on Twitter. What would really suck, though, is we probably could have gotten a second-round pick for him 18 months ago, yeah. right? And, yeah. And that's really shitty. Uh, or or uh, Jesse Pogliarvi <laughs> for him, right? Um, so that would be kind of lousy if, if we were to lose him for nothing. Only that way, I couldn't give a crap less. It was sort of how I felt about Blake Wheeler at the beginning of last year. I, it doesn't matter what you get back for him. Um, well, you're getting cap space back for Wheeler. Sure, right. And you're not losing anything. Again, he finished the season all right and yeah, whatever, but you're not really trying to win anyway, so it doesn't really matter. What do you guys – what's your – I know we touched on it. What's – Jackson, how does the D break down? Um, I know we don't know who's going to take that sixth spot, but what's what's the gut on that? Like, mm-hmm. you know um, what I mean? There's a difference between guessing what they're going to do and kind of what you yeah. think they're going to do and all that kind of stuff. I th- I think Morrissey and DeMello will probably stay together. I can't imagine why you'd not start the season with them. If they don't perform the same as they did last year, then maybe you can think about that. But that was maybe the only good thing uh, that we did on D last year. And then I think, I mean, they're high on Neil Pionk. Neil Pionk makes a lot of money, uh, and they signed him. I don't think there's any getting out of that anytime soon either. And... Uh, I wasn't I don't know if impressed I, with him. I don't know if I don't know if I would say there's no getting out of him. He he st- how true. many he still put up points last he year, did. didn't he? Mm-hmm. He did. Like he's, I think he's yeah. I think he would still be valued a bit around the league like mm-hmm. I I don't think you're I don't think you're completely stuck with him yet. I I it's not that I I think we're stuck Thir- 30 with him. 30 sorry, 34 points in 77 games and let's... and plus 5. Not I'm not saying that I yes. look at plus minus. I was just going to say but let's teams not, do. Let's not forget other... <laughs> how other teams value defensemen. That's what I was just going to say. It doesn't matter how we value them. It matters how NHL general managers <laughs> value true. them. And that's a player so... that's valued. We know that. And that's that's what I was gonna say. I think the Jets that's right. value him in the top four. So I that that's what I meant by not. Uh, that's right. Like, yeah. like being stuck with him. And then, I mean, whoever you want to try, are we gonna try another year of Dylan and Pionk running around in the D zone? Is that gonna work magically this year? I I doubt it. Uh, Here's so the we'll... thing. Sorry, sorry to yeah. interject. <laughs> no, it's all good. There's one there's one thing I wanted to say about that. I was I was not a proponent of Dylan and Pionk last year and like I've always I've been all over the uh the trade Dylan uh bandwagon all off season and when you look at the numbers, Neil Pionk actually did better with Dylan than he did with anybody else. And I think that's more of that's more of an indictment on Pionk, I think, than it is of Dylan when you look at the other pairings. Because Dylan and Samberg played together for a while, and they actually did pretty darn well. They did well, yeah. I liked Samberg and, and Dylan together. You look at Samberg and Pionk last night, good God, that was <laughs> a disaster. For a while, anyway. Like, I don't know. Everyone's been calling a bounce-back year for Pionk, and... I'm sitting here like, maybe he's the guy you move. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It, and I, I mean, I don't. I, there's, there's no professional talking here or anything. But I saw a lot of Vancouver fans like with the issue with being able to sign Bo Horvat. Maybe that's an option mm-hmm. for the Jets down the line. Maybe Pionk for Horvat, and you throw in whatever else you want in there. But uh, from either maybe. side. But I, I doubt it. But. I don't know. A lot of Vancouver fans really like Neil Bjork. Wouldn't I don't you... love. I don't love Horvat. Anyway, <laughs> I'm... wouldn't you be Sorry. really happy if you're a Canucks fan that you had to get rid of Bo Horvat because you signed Tyler Myers? 
<laughs> like what a great what great GMing and and you think you're smarter than an NHL GM. <laughs> like, but not that Bo Horvat has kind of not turned into the guy we kind of thought maybe, but I'd still probably rather have him than uh than uh Oh yeah. than the giraffe. So <laughs> Horvat's still a serviceable second line center. Right. Tyler Myers is a barely serviceable third pair defenseman. <laughs> but he's tall, so tall, Brian. <laughs> so, so we've had our our discussion there. I guess we should also talk about who you think is going to take the reins in net. Hmm. <laughs> because we did that one. We did get that uh, red light uh, Riddick. So, <laughs> I think is the new nickname we should be having for him. Uh, there I've used to be a guy. A... Red Light Sorry, Rassico. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if that's too far before your time, but that was a goalie that played uh, briefly for us and for the Canadians. Uh, I think he played for us. And his nickname was Red Light Rassico because he just uh, <laughs> was interesting. Was that bad. And I saw somebody reference that on Twitter. I'm not going to claim uh, that should be Big Save Dave's new nickname, but I would say probably by Christmas it will be. So <laughs> I uh, I had a coworker who was, uh, who was a goalie and... Uh... His nickname was Red Light Roscoe. Oh, there you go. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they used to ask me how my sunburn was on the back of my neck when I played goal. So, it's, uh, yeah, sounds sounds about <laughs> right. But uh, I think uh, we're gonna see, you know, Hellebuck play sixty-seven games again this year, right? I mean, if, maybe. if they want to make the playoffs, I don't think uh, you're gonna be playing Dave Riddich that much. I have not loved Dave Riddich for a long time and when I was on the golf course and I got the notification that Dave Riddich <laughs> was signed I was pretty upset but I mean I'm just if, if he doesn't perform in preseason what do you do like if he's just terrible like he was that first game like he just stopped out there he just honestly what, what do they do? don't have any options Waiters? though Honestly, he's a goalie. I'd probably just leave it. For all we know, he has a fine season. I don't know. Goalies are goalies are weird. But I'm still too, this time last I'm year. still perplexed about Dave Lowry not playing Eric Comrie in two more games. Two that's when not, they were out of the playoff race. Like we've talked about, that's not even on Dave Lowry. That's on Kevin Shoveldale. You, I guess yeah. You walk into right. the office and you say he's playing two more games. It's, it's yeah. End of discussion. That's bad general managing, more so than coaching, because that's not a coach's job to sign that's, contracts, right? That's very true. Yeah. It's the it's the general manager's job to say no 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 no. <laughs> I don't give a shit what you want to yeah. do. He's the boss, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, another another W for Chevy there for sure. Um, speaking of W's for Chevy, I'm going to say something that's going to be really controversial. I think it's controversial. Um, and I think it's important for us to address this because we haven't on the podcast since quote unquote, the tweet about Barry Trotz. And, um, obviously we went out on a limb, uh, because we had, uh, I won't say sources, but I wouldn't also say that it was like your brother's uncle's mother. It was uh, medium sources, and from at least three different people told, tell us that uh, Barry Trotz was going to be named head coach on Tuesday morning. Dates don't matter right now. We all know when we're talking about. Now, as information has slowly come out over the summer, we know he was offered the contract. We know he heavily considered it. And we know the Jets didn't interview anybody else uh, until after, right? That's sort of been kind of the what we've heard. I'm going to come out and say it. Barry Trotz was hired by the Winnipeg Jets on that Thursday or Friday, and he was going to be named head coach on Tuesday. And sometime over the weekend, he went home and had a conversation and changed his mind. And we weren't wrong. Everybody got screwed on Tuesday morning or whenever it was that it didn't happen. Everybody, including the Jets. That's, I'm going to, I've plugged the numbers, and that's how I feel about that. I feel like we're going to find out at some point that it was as close as we've, a lot of people may or may not 
know or remember that there was a podium at MTS Center to announce the Coyotes moving here. That got, we were about 10, 12 minutes away from them coming here, and that changed. Um, things happen. Um, so basically what I'm saying is, is screw you guys. I stand by that tweet, and it wasn't my sources, and it wasn't my whatever, but I think we were right, and I think everybody got shafted over that weekend, including the Jets. I have zero comment about such matters. I will, uh, yeah, I, I am not commenting on any, any further on that. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to. If you think I'm wrong, say so. And if... Uh, I have no idea, Chris. I I don't know. I'm saying the math lines up. And we've heard enough from a lot of different places that it seems to make sense that that's what happened. Again, so it, were we wrong? Yeah, he's not the coach. But were we was everybody kind of hoodwinked and did Barry Trotz have a change of heart that's basically what I'm saying I don't know I don't know who our sources talk to again yeah, we we were to, to be fair and like this doesn't have anything really to I, do with it but the we were the only ones that really got uh I don't know trash for that when there was other when there were multiple the, uh, people yeah and, yep. I'm, and I'm not gonna bring them up because whatever but uh, definitely took the took the sword on that one. Yeah, there were, there was some somebody a Twitter account that announced it before us, I believe, and a reputable uh, podcast host that announced it on his show after us. Um, so anyway, I, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just um, I tried to ask who. Um, who one of the uh, who one of the sources, as we want to say, heard that from, and I didn't get a response. So I don't know. I saw. I'll say I saw a text message that was two people removed. I guess. Um, again, whatever. Um, I guess more to the point is take away uh, sources, whatever, whatever bigger picture I, I my guess is that's how it all went down i think he was hired and then he changed his mind that's basically what i'm saying and uh from everything we've kind of heard that's what it sounds like and that's why i've kind of been like yeah that that makes sense sounds like he went home with a contract in hand on the the week before and before over the next couple of days he changed his mind Again, was it signed? Obviously, it wasn't signed or else he would be here. But was it in his hands? Was it things figured out? That's what it sounds like to me. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. That's from me. That's not from Jet-centric podcast. That's from me. Um, I didn't tweet. We had a conversation and made a decision to go ahead with it as a as a group. Not It wasn't one person's decision. And uh, I'll defend it, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, so we're we're at 50 minutes. Uh, I guess this is the kiss and cry from SNL. Now we'll go stand out on the stage and wave and show off our outfits. <laughs> and so, uh, if you got uh, any any uh, last words, Jackson, let's just uh, plug yourself and uh, whatever else you got to say. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Thanks uh, to you guys, everybody that was uh, not in here today, obviously, uh, just the three of us uh, for having me on. It was a really awesome experience. And I was able to, as I said before, just get a lot more comfortable with uh, making kind of my own stuff and gotten me to where I am today. Um, but yeah, just I'll be over on Twitter, like usual, arguing with people about uh, depth defensemen and um <laughs> only the important stuff um, yeah and um yeah i'll be on youtube uh for a little while lots of stuff coming there so jets hub and uh yeah that's really uh all i've got to say it's been uh been a fun ride if this is the last one go ahead brian yeah um i've had a lot of fun i guess is uh is the main thing right and um yeah, I I really enjoyed 
I guess the connections I've made, um, I guess it's not just because of the podcast, but the podcast has certainly helped, uh, I guess, reinforce a lot of the connections I've had on Twitter. And, you know, I definitely, uh, I definitely have enjoyed talking, uh, talking hockey with you guys and, uh, I guess talking to all the listeners and engaging with you guys on Twitter. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and um i guess i'll say that uh i guess while the door's not completely shut on you know uh, going back in and you know uh bringing back jet centric in the future some iteration of or whatnot um I'm around if, if anyone wants me to contribute to anything like a podcast or anything like that, I'm, I'm certainly open to it. And, uh, yeah, I, I just want to be a part of things in, um, in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, Jets analysis and Jets fandom. So yeah, I, uh, I've really appreciated, uh, all of the all of the round tables on here and all the talking on twitter it's just been a lot of fun so um thank you and uh i'll be around well i'll thank you guys and i'll thank uh all of our contributors and our hosts and all that too uh i would say as brian kind of alluded to if uh, if there's anybody that listens that wants to be a part and wants to help us keep things going um reach out uh the twitter's going to keep going uh probably won't be as funny probably won't be as uh as good because of who's going to be in charge of it but the twitter will keep going if if you're somebody that thinks uh you want to be involved uh it's something we can look at um we've also decided that we'll continue to do spaces uh when uh big jets news breaks um or you know maybe intermissions of random games uh anything like that so i think that's something that we're going to continue for sure um so yeah I, again like the the cheesy thing that's uh it's you know it's not goodbye or whatnot so but uh it's been a blast it's been good for me uh for my mental health um to get to be able to get things off my chest um i think my twitter presence changed a lot once i started being on the original um arctic ice podcast i was less angry less uh combative and stuff on twitter i still have those moments but not nearly as much because um i get to vent once every couple weeks uh in my own voice uh, which i prefer um so that's been good for me and uh like brian said i've met you know some of my better friends through twitter through jets twitter and through the podcast uh, so thanks uh, to the listeners, you guys, uh, fantastic uh, with the feedback, and uh, it's always was nice to hear people say positive things. Uh, it's really fun to be out in public and to have somebody say, "Hey, I know you from Jet Centric." It's happened multiple times to me, uh, which is really cool. Uh, make you feel like a celebrity a little bit. So, anyway, we'll uh, we'll say goodbye for now from. Uh, Jet-centric podcast. Thanks.